This week's episode is brought to you by the Film Rescue Show. The Film Rescue Show is a long-form podcast in which their crew and a guest fix a film every week. Want a good first episode? Check out episode 89 with Axel and myself, where he pitched fixes for the League of Extraordinary Drummond. Still waiting on that call, Warner Brothers. For fans of filmmaking, writing, and behind-the-scenes content, check out the Film Rescue Show on all your favorite podcasting sites today. Hello and welcome back to another Bolter. Why are we calling these Bolters? Because they're rapid fire and only last about 24 to 30 minutes. I'm Lord Commander Orc, and with me as always is... The Shield Brother, Axel Wright. How's it going today, man? It is going actually very well. I am currently on vacation, staying with someone who, if you're paying attention to the name of this episode, you already know, is the guest here, but the illustrious Wretched. Normally we wait to introduce guests afterwards, but I'm literally standing in the room with him. So hey, Wretched, say hi. No, please let me out. No, you, you don't, <laughs> you're, not, you're not allowed to go anywhere. It's your basement, but you're stuck here. Oh, so, yeah. Well, I've never been trapped in my own basement before. So point is, I'm doing well. How are you doing? Wondering if I have a misery situation on my hands. <laughs> <laughs> Call for help. Yeah, we've just been playing uh, the Elden Ring, some League of Legends, d- doing some uh, Valheim, which is kind of like Minecraft with Vikings. And, I have uh, that game. I haven't played it, but I have it. It's very good. You should play with us. Yeah, feel free to join at any time, man. It's yeah. a lot of fun. And we had one game of one page where I played against our buddy Nick and his bugs, because he's got Tyranids, and I lost. So, But it was fun, and he, it was pretty close. I almost killed the stupid hive tyrant thing. So, Well, it's not a hive Interesting. tyrant. Is it a hive? What, what's the big bug called? Trigon. Trigon. I almost killed the Trigon. I got it down. Oh, there's a difference between a Trigon and a Hive Tyrant. Yeah, I was going to say, yeah, like one of them's the worm. <laughs> well, I don't know Tyranid names yet. So. To be fair. They to be all, fair. To be fair. I also have a glass or a, a chaser and some Crown Royal in my hands that Wretched put in my hands. So uh, I didn't some, know such thing. Things are going to get loose quickly. So Chasers are for bitches. Well, fuck you too, buddy. So. <laughs> Thought I talked to you better. Anyway, how are you doing? It's summertime in the rainforest, which means it's 70 degrees and 80% humidity. It's miserable. Uh, it takes some readjusting, too. Despite looking like Kashyyyk, this is not Wookiee-friendly weather. <laughs> All like, right. Well. <laughs> I, I love living here, but every summer I have to readjust. It's like, oh, that's right. That's what this is like. All right. Ice pack for my balls. Humidity is. I know that I went outside yesterday and the one of those signs that's by a bank that says the temperature said 82, and I said, could you fucking stop? <laughs> yeah, it was like 86 today here. God, it's miserable. It was terrible. Too sunny. Yeah. No, you're just on one big flat slab of rock. Anyway, so as this is a bolter, we're here to do two things. One, talk about Warhammer stuff, and two, not make it last an hour if we can. Wait, you yep. guys play Warhammer? Oh, I, maybe just a little <laughs> bit. So. All right, well, let's circle back to the reason we do these, because we have patrons that were like, hey, we demand more Warhammer, and we're like, okay, and so here there are their names. They are Pam Galley, Marquis, Chris Shipman, River Galley, Krug, Arthur Crane, Kevin Vay, Brendan Agnew, John Vinnels, Kit Kenny, Seth Decker, Donna Lucy, Patrick Anderson, Carson Mel, Scott Rubin, and Derek Takate. Now, if you'd like to join that illustrious legion, head on over to patreon.com forward slash geeks with shields for all your geeky needs. And the particular Warhammer topic being brought to said patrons today actually comes from a combination of, well, Wretched's got a chip on his shoulder that he's wanted to get off, and then 
Ulrich basically took it and kind of molded it a bit into today's topic. So uh, what is it, Ulrich? We're going to talk about the problem with book bloat in 40K. And I say 40K because this is not an issue in Age of Sigmar. It isn't? Age of Sigmar does not have 30 pointless campaign books with one or two units sprinkled in, as well as multiple supplements, as well as a couple Forge World books, as well as codexes that go out of date in two weeks. Well, so in the interest of at least what I think is... Let me this way. I've heard Wretched kind of go off on the rant a little bit over the last couple of weeks, so I want to give him... I'm just going to give you the floor real quick, Wretched. Do your thing. Please put them all in one book. It's actually a travesty that we moved away from them sprinkling the Forge World models in separate extra books and then had the opportunity to put them in our new codexes, and they were like, nah, here's your compendium anyway. Like, come on, guys. At the end of the day, now we got to buy two books anyway. <laughs> Why are you doing this to me? And it's especially weird now that we're seeing so much Forge World Horus Heresy stuff move to 40K after they've updated their Forge World compendiums. Like, where is that going to fall? 100%. It's, it's really, really strange to me. And, like, most of this top started when I was uh, in your guys's discord channel z one of the guys i was talking to was bringing up like oh well i liked custodies a lot better in 30k and i'm like well what do you mean by that and he goes well you know they took out a bunch of stuff in the codexes and i'm like huh that's really strange so i went back and looked through all the eighth books that i have for custodes with war of the spider and all that right was trying to track down the models and was like oh yeah they did sprinkle sisters of silence and that kind of stuff into those books and with Ninth, they moved Sisters of Silence over into the main book, but they didn't move any of the Forge World stuff, which blew my mind because they managed to just sell me two books anyway. And it's especially weird because they wrote 40K rules for the 30K custodies because they kind of realized, oh, Talons kind of needs their Forge World stuff. But it never made it. Like, they brought Sisters, which languished in their own weird thing, but they never brought the rest of the, you know, Forge World line into the Codex. And it's not like the Space Marine Codex, where it's already a giant book. You could dump all of the Forge World stuff into the Talons book, and it would be fine. For sure. I'm glad that we got a lot of stuff, and I think that the book is a good book. I just think that it's so strange to me that they had the option to fix this, and then we're like, mm, nah. Put it in another book. Now, I will say I do like that their compendium is now all one big book. I don't have to buy seven War of the Spider books. The, like, well, this has one rule here for one shield host, and then this book over here has another rule for that shield host. That's great. That's fantastic. I think they did a good job there. And I think then that makes it better for the data slates and that kind of stuff to continuously evolve the game. I'm just annoyed that they took a step forward, and then it feels like they just took two steps back. Yeah, but now we have war zones every three months that add new rules and stuff for your army that then become outdated and out of production within, like, three months, which is a real annoying thing to me. From my perspective, because I've watched you, both of you guys, have these comments about, like, specific armies that you collect, book comes out, then, like, two or three weeks later, there's some FAQ or some data slate that 
you know, updates or really changes something that seems like it's actually like an important thing to you. And so I get it from like an observer standpoint. It's just funny to me because I had both of my books come out and I'm sure that stuff like that happened. I mean, there was like a fix to uh, I Play Sisters and there was that one weird thing with how certain wording on the Paragon War suits happened. But that was also one of those things that everyone was like, yeah, of course that's not correct. No one's going to play it that way anyway. So, Oh, they will. That's a whole other issue. The, the bodyguard thing, I think, then from... Well, well that, yes. I'm talking yeah. about there was a... When the Sisters Codex first came out, there was a thing where the wording did not specify that damage reduction on Paragon War Suits had oh, a minimum damage. Yeah, I do one. remember this. So rules as written... It would just reduce all damage by right. one, but everyone was like, "That's fucking stupid." Of course, it's got a minimum damage of one, and no one played it that way. So, I mean, eh, I guess that's its own. But more, my thing is, is let's go back at the start of eight. They or, said or just to just to cap off what I was saying. My my point was that for me, right, and maybe this is because I don't play in tournaments. I just play with like my friends and stuff. It's just one of those things where the I didn't have the necessity, or I didn't feel the necessity to to like wait for excess material or wait for extra book stuff. Now I admit partly because I don't have to worry about forge world stuff. Sisters don't have really forge world models and the orc forge world models I don't own. So it's not a big deal to me, but it's just weird to have the situation where like I can see both an impact and a non-impact of what you guys are talking about. Well, so, so it kind of gets doubled down too, because if we're, if we're talking about stuff that changes, like you had, you had that minimal, that, that minimal bit that was like, Oh, okay. Yeah. No one's going to play that. But I don't know about you, Ulrich, but for me specifically with Custodes, they nerfed my book and two of the new characters right as they released them. Like, when yeah. they were putting out the pre-order for the book, they increased the value. Custodes was a, or Talons of the Emperor was a hot mess of a release. And I love the army, but Sisters of Silence still need expanded and reworked. And I will wholeheartedly agree. Uh, having been playing them quite a bit, I don't see a reason to take them unless I'm playing against Psychers. They are too damn squishy. They are too damn limited. I'm and they have only gotten worse since they were first introduced. Yeah. And, I mean, honestly, the thing that sucks is now there's only one reason. So you can play three different types of sisters, right? You can yes. play the you can play the, the Flamers, the Bolters, and the Swords. But there's no reason to take the Flamers or the Swords because they just die before they can do anything. So they just end up sitting on the back point with their Bolters, and if anything decides to shoot at them, they explode. Yeah, they used to be really good when they were first introduced in 7th when you could take a squad of 10 in a Rhino and their Null Field worked outside the Rhino and they could pop out with their Flamers, auto-hit, and then get back in the Rhino. Yeah, at least with that, you have some sort of, like, haha, I've got a janky tech, right? Well, it worked, and also they had better stats. I mean, they attacked faster. And No, Sisters of Silence is a whole thing. We're getting off topic. Well, maybe, yeah, this, sorry. Is, and maybe this is obvious. I feel like what I'm about to say is they're very obvious, but from my perspective, the two armies I've seen get most hit by the things that we're talking about are Custodes and Knights, both of which feel like two of the most Forge World-reliant in some way. Is well, knights are tricky because they've slowly been making them into an army that can function on its own because right. when they first came out, it was a big model you attached to your army that was cool. Yeah. And now they're like, how do we take this giant single entity model 
and have it be enough points you can bring other things? How do you build around that? And it's still... Knights ended up doing the same thing that kind of used to happen with Mechanicus as well, before Mechanicus became their own, their own army. Mm-hmm. And I think that Knights are just kind of getting the backlash of uh, coming into being a new army in 40k. I wouldn't say like new, but you know what I mean, right? Where they're, they're still getting... tweaking them. Knights are a hard one to balance. Right. Because you can't make them too powerful, but you can't make them too weak. Right. And they don't have any real sh- bullet sponges to, you know, protect them, which well, they used to when you could run it with Mechanicum, but that got broken. And they have a they have a weird situation going on with them too, where they don't seem to fit a lot of what's going on in Ninth, where like a lot. Uh, of- ninth is its own hot mess. Right. Well, where Ninth is its own hot mess, I don't think that them trying to adapt. Knights to Ninth is working out as well as I was hoping for. Well, it's funny because Rex and I have mentioned several times. We have a friend Dan who plays uh, who plays Knights, and we just play matches with him plenty of times in Ninth Edition. And Knights are seemingly big and scary, but in reality, are a giant punching bag. Yeah, it's it's a travesty to like always see the Tau New Codex comes out and they're like, "Oh, look at this cool railgun," and we all know the railgun's a meme. It's funny. But, like, the fact that they'll put in the line of, like, oh, yeah, this can kill a knight in two shots. And it's like, well, yeah, my Alaris Custodians can do that, like, just in one melee. It's not a, that's not a big deal. I don't, <laughs> like. <laughs> yeah, no, knights are kind of, what do you do when you have a ridiculously big beat stick in the lore? How do you make that work on the tabletop without it being broken? Like, Bane Blades kind of sat in that weird zone for a while. Yeah, but my reason why this is relevant to our conversation is because those are two armies that seem like they had a lot of Forge World models relative to their full, like, number of available models. And I don't know what Citad- or what Games Workshop's exact relationship to Citadel and to Forge World is. I, I thought Forge it was... Forge World <laughs> is, like, the side company that they... It's getting really weird now. Like, it used to be their specialist games and their big models. And now it's kind of their specialist games and kind of their big models. Horus Heresy going plastic has really kind of shaken things up, so I don't know. Yeah, well, Richard and I have a lot of thoughts about Horus Heresy that we've been sharing in the last few days. But that's a whole other conversation. My, my point yeah. was that that is definitely what it seems like on the surface, but with how they seem to be treating with their book releases, Forge World models specifically, what kind of cuts and inclusions they make, it makes me really question what their goals are with their connection to Forge World, if that makes any sense. Forge World has always kind of been its own one-off. If you have the money, you can buy these big, cool things. But then they started bringing, like, Custodies or Talents kind of feel half-finished without a lot of their stuff from the Forge World range, because they have some really good transports there. They have actually, like, Sisters of didn't have an HQ that wasn't a Forge World till this last edition. And while they did do, I think, a better job of moving a lot of the, the plastic into a better light, there's still some of the, like, the old traces of Forge World that, like, why why wouldn't I take this, right? Yeah, or this is the, the thing that makes the army work. Right. Like, one of the biggest examples is you could play completely plastic custodies competitively, except for Dreadnoughts. Because yep. the Venerable Dreadnought, it's good. It's great. Don't get me wrong. But, like... The Gladius or the Achilles are just so much better. 
and the yeah. same amount of points. But let's kind of talk about Gloat, and we can kind of do this one. Axel, if you wanted to play Gazgul, you had to buy Prophecy of the Wolf, meaning you had to buy a book to use one model. I guess. The real only reason that's kind of weird to me is because, like, I bought... Okay, I want to be very clear. I agree with what you just said from a, like, use-a-book kind of standpoint. Sure. Until my Codex came out in 9th edition, which included Gazgul, I had to have that supplemental material which is book bloat. There is something, though, about, from my perspective, I use Battlescribe. And now, once a book came out that had Gazkul in it that was, like, the full codex, it was great. I had that, but I didn't really need it to play. So this is the thing that kind of gets me. And I I wholeheartedly agree with you. Everybody's using Battlescribe. We get that. The thing that's annoying is that Games Workshop is now getting bigger. It has the ability to to make something like Battlescribe, and they don't even have, like, a good version like Battlescribe. Well, you know they're trying to. There is that, like, Warhammer app that no one uses. There is, but no one uses it because Battlescribe's so good. So it leaves it to, well, what if I don't want to play with my tablet? What if I want to have a physical copy of the book? Yes. And it makes it a lot harder to do that. I agree. Well, that's why I said, for me, it was a book, uh, because Prophecy of the Wolf came out, was that... Just after ninth edition dropped, or uh, it was like midway through because we had the whole Psychic Awakening. Because yeah, Psychic Awakening is a hot mess. Of yeah. you bought a book to get a model for that book to then be rendered useless three months later. Right. Yeah. I'm just saying that from from my perspective, even if we put the the Battlescribe question to the side, it was for me. It was like I don't necessarily need the Prophecy of the Wolf book because I know that the next book I get will have what I need. But I totally understand what you're saying. I'm just saying that in my specific example, it didn't. Necessarily qualify. I don't think it's the same thing as like what you guys are talking about, like Forge World models. That well, are like let's do another example. Core. Let's do Space Marines. Running Space Marines before their latest codex, I had to have Codex Space Marines. I had to have Codex Supplement Ultramarines. I had to have their Psychic Awakening book to get their extra rules. That's three books to play a standard game. And then if you decided that you wanted to use anything from Forge World, you had to get another book, which was the Compendium Imperium. Yep. So, so we're up to four. Yeah, now. that's a much better example, I think. So yeah. Well, that's what I'm talking about. Is and now we get into these new war zones, which they drop a whole bunch of new rules for everybody, and then literally three months later, the book goes out of production. And and the other side of that is they 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 tell you like, oh, you want this book for the lore that's going to be in it, and there's it's nothing, nothing interesting happens, nothing funny, changes. It seems like we've had a few conversations with people who have been playing since like second or third edition. And the impression I'm getting is that Games Workshop right now is really trying to grapple with how to still sell these physical things while having a much more engaged digital presence. I mean, from my understanding, the the current usage of FAQs to have rapid response to issues within the competitive community is not something that existed even two editions ago. Well, so, no, the FAQs are a new thing. But at the same, it's it's endemic of a bigger problem of Games Workshop in that Games Workshop is trying to get ahead of its players rules-wise, and they can't do it. Like, well, my point is I just think that they're they're kind of struggling between they're trying to be more responsive, but also trying to have this kind of like you have the physical material. And if you do both of those, then that is a natural consequence of this kind of book bloat, I think. But it's, and it's also like a separate conversation, I think. One of those conversations is modifications to rules, and the other conversation is 
actively seemingly not putting things in your book that were already there to begin with. Oh, and let's talk about the biannual general's handbook, which twice a year, you got to buy another book with all the new points and rules and missions upgrades, which has now been split into two separate books. Here's what I'll say. I think, I think if it's like rules changes or new models get released or things like that, it's very understandable to, to have the situation. It's not forgivable when it's like, models that already exist somewhere and you just they just why weren't they included in the book and so they could release it in another book that's less far less forgivable and that's one of the big things that i have a problem with is because that's happening and that it feels like they had the opportunity to do it and then chose to make us buy another yeah book. yeah I think that we're drawing a line between what i think is acceptable book load and not acceptable book load. yeah because eight launched with the promise of you're going to have less books, this is all going to be streamlined, because 7th was a nightmare with supplements and oh, campaign yeah. books, and you had 12 books open, and you had 4 FAQs printed out, and it was a nightmare. And 8th, like, nope, we're going to streamline that. And for a while, they did. But Games Workshop really loves selling us those $40 campaign books with a single new model or a single rule for a new model that you just have to get because you don't know when your codex is going to come out. Yeah, and... with the, the psychic awakening problem happening again. And it, it feels like they could have stepped away from it and then chose to actively go right back into it. Yeah, no, the psychic awakening was bad, and I think this whole war zone is even worse. Right. And don't don't get me wrong, like I think that them putting the compendium all into like one big big book is a good idea. Don't get me wrong there because at the end of the day we're still buying two books. I'm just mad that I'm buying two books. And the campaign books is one of those situations that I think is kind of strange because it's like initially when they were really promoting Crusade, like and I know then they're not so much anymore, like, at all. But when I was waiting for the Thousand Suns book, I remember going to Warhammer Community and seeing this Crusade book for, like, a week and a half, which is kind of happening with Horus Heresy right now, but that's a different topic. Where I'm waiting for something that they teased, like, three weeks ago. I just want to see a new stat line. Do I get two wounds, right? Well, the, yeah. War the Warzone conversation is particularly interesting to me because it feels like the Warzone books are like, a step in a diagonal direction, if that makes any sense. Right. Where, like, something... Okay, let's take the Octarius book for a second. Warzone Octarius, right? I love the fact that it answered a definitive question for an event happening in the Warhammer galaxy that's been there since, like, 3rd or 4th edition or something. That's cool. I will admit that it's also kind of a, a half measure since it just led to another stalemate kind of thing happening. But that's another yep. conversation. Right. That's why I call it a diagonal step. It's kind of a step in the right direction. Yeah, it's a side grade. Yeah, it's a side grade. Now, Warzone Octarius also added a number of... Uh, I don't know all the details. I, I only read it through it once. Uh, my my friend uh, Denim has it, and I, I didn't buy it. And so it, like, it has some changes in it that were not relevant to me like there was some orc stuff in there where it was all for blood axes which i don't play but if you do play blood axes that's the kind of situation you're talking about right so to, so to me that feels like the kind of thing where i want i want things like wars on octarius that give us cool scenarios storylines almost like fictional narrative changes we've talked many times about how we wanted to kind of steal from age of sigmar and actually have modifications to the narrative but adding those kind of like the kind of changes in there too almost feels blackmaily 
Well, I will think- say this. I want to return to things like Codex Armageddon, which was like a goddamn novel and it had big thematic rules for everybody and felt like a big narrative event that was really fun to read. And you maybe only do one a year, okay? You slow down to one a year, you make a big deal of it, it's fun, everyone gets new rules, everyone gets new lore, everyone gets new scenarios, new crusades, new, everybody across the board. But right now, the war zones feel like they are slash and burn. I think that the problem with the war zones is I feel like a lot of the war zones that narratively, I think they're really cool. And if you want to buy that book and read through it, I think that's awesome. I don't think that those rules should be tied to that book. I think they should end up as a as a digital format. That's exactly that's something what I'm saying, that, yeah. yeah. That it's another data slate. They just they just drop another data slate. They say, hey, you guys have this thing. But also, if you guys... Because we're all 40K nerds. We're going to buy it for the art and the story. Yeah. Let's be real. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like, well, it, in that case, add new art and new stories. Don't just copy-paste from old codices. But, like, that's the thing. They can take the time to pull that out and just throw it in a data slate or throw it into something that, like, hey, here's our new book, here's the story, here's the new rules for your guys' army, and then, oh, that's really cool. Why do I have this rule? Like, what's going on there? Because you know I'm going to look it up. Yeah. I know this is is only tangentially related and gets into a really kind of uncomfortable conversation since I think none of us are business guys. I don't think it's reasonable for Warzone books to cost the same as Codex books. Oh, 100%. It's just, it's just not. And considering that it goes out of production, out of date in three months. Yeah. Like, I'm not saying that I'm not going to pay money for, for Warzone-type like material, but it shouldn't cost the same as the books that I need to function. Well, especially <laughs> yeah, no. when it's something like that, right? Where unless you play Blood Axes, that's not – you don't care. Yeah, Exactly. No, no, they burned me on Psychic Awakening. I'm not touching any of those again until I hear this one's actually really good and added a whole bunch of stuff. I mean, and the only really reason I ended up buying Psychic Awakening is what was not only did they put some of the Forge World models in it, but we also had the all of the Shield hosts. Any of the Shield host rules were all in that, which is nice that they're in the actual ninth book now, which is one of the bits where I'm like, cool, great step forward, let's do that. And they're like, well, I'm gonna put the dreadnoughts in there too, like. But wasn't there? Wasn't there? Hold on, as a related kind of thing. Sure. When your Thousand Suns Codex dropped, didn't they release like a data slate updating a bunch of stuff like within a week? Yes. And then when I when I had pre-ordered my Custodian book, they nerfed the Blade Champion. They made Valorous costs less question mark. <laughs> and then they changed a couple extra rules. Which is we're talking about the idea of. Their, essentially their book release schedules and what kind of books they're releasing, it just creates this weird thing. Again, I don't know what the business people at Games Workshop are, are saying or what they're planning, but it seems to me like why didn't you just delay the release a week 100%. And, fix, and fix what you were going to put in there anyway? I think, and this this is 100% like just me fitballing here, but I, I honestly think that a lot of the books were done and then when the distribution thing hit with all of COVID and all of that, true. because the books were already printed, the amount of money that it would cost for them to go back and then reprint that, I think, was too high. Which and is this, yeah, no, this is oh, yeah, yeah. No, That's exactly what I said. I'm not a business guy. I'm just making a question like as a fan. I'm perfectly willing to, if that's the explanation, 
I think that's a fair explanation, but it's just one of those things that feels like when it happens enough times where you have so quick changes, I'm hoping then, because if that's the explanation, it means that that should have been a, all right, just last year kind of thing. So I'm paying close attention now. Well, and that's one of those things then, yeah, I agree. It's one of those big portions of we need to watch this because I think that that's kind of a, I don't know, Games Workshop has already kind of rubbed me wrong with the whole, like, we're attacking the content creators section. Yeah. And I think then if you guys can't even get your books consistent on top of that, come on, bro. Like, what are you doing? Now, I'm I'm more curious, Auric, how this specific... Because I don't know what the Space Marine release is about. I know Dark Angels had a release and whatnot. Did Ultramarines get a ninth edition release yet? Not su- no one has gotten a ninth edition supplement. Everyone's uh-huh. still on their eight point five supplements. Well, I know that spa- like there's a ninth edition Space Marine Codex, but I know yes, that- there's a Space Marine Codex which covers everybody, and then everyone got a supplement. Space Wolves, I don't know if Space Wolves, the Dark Angels, and whatnot got a ninth edition supplement or I'm pretty they got sure eighth edition. Supplement. I'm pretty sure I saw Dark Angels get it. I'm. Hey, uh, for, but now the rumor is we're coming around for a 9.5 supplement yeah. for Space Marines, which means new supplements for everybody to go with the new right, codex. Deathwatch Death did, but Deathwatch is basically a set. I mean, they are Space Marines. Well, they're Marines, Space Marines, they're but they're a separate. Yeah, but it was. it's one of those things that, like, I think they did, right? Like, Yeah, I'm just pretty sure... I have said that too many times. I'm, I'm, I went through and I looked at, like, Goonhammer's 9th edition stuff, and I was just... I remember seeing Dark Angels, and I think one more thing. I don't know if it was Space Wolves, but I thought at least two Space Marine chapters got, got actual something. stuff. But I could be wrong. And since Ulrich is the actual yeah. Space Marine player here, that's why I was asking. For sure. Um, yeah, and I have very mixed thoughts on the supplements because those range from, oh, it's a pretty good supplement, to you put zero effort into this. It's funny that Ultramarines, considering they're the you know the poster boys... That they didn't get. I, I mean, it's funny. We got a supplement. We got the first supplement. Yeah, because then they get. Well, and then you guys got a little bit of stuff in the Indominus box, didn't you? Nothing particular space. Nothing is tied Ultramarine only in the. Indominus oh, okay. Box. They were just. Okay, fair enough. Yeah, because when they put Space Marines on general boxes, they're always all. Well, Ultramarines, it's always so. Ultramarines, but I wasn't sure if they got like something because I didn't really touch the Indominus box. Yeah, same. Well, then here's a quick question, or because I haven't looked at. These, how big is the supplement then compared to like the codex? Uh, let me grab them off my shelf. Space Marine Codex is 208 pages. Okay. Okay. And the Ultramarine supplement, which is the biggest supplement, is 80 pages. So it's a little. Oof. Was that the same price too? The supplement was like 45, and the codex is like 50, I think. So they're close, Ugh. and it's like a little under half of the Gross. material. And you have to buy the supplement if you want your Legion rules or your special characters or, any. if you are lucky, your special squads. Now, again, this is one of those things where there's a certain level of acceptance here because there's so many Space Marine chapters. You can't get all that into the Space Marine Codex. I get that. But this is another example of, like, why are they basically the same cost? When so you're getting here's half? the thing. If you are Space Wolves or Dark Angels with a bunch of special units, oh yeah, that's worth it. If you're Iron Hands with one character, so fuck the off. Thing, the thing yeah. that gets me about that is I feel like they could have made a compendium with all of the chapters in it. Especially if they're going to sell it for $40. And 
Actually, put in the effort, create special sure. rules, create the, special models, create, go the extra mile. Well, and if they're, if but it's it, an 80 page book and your supplement or your, your actual codex was how many? 208, like, he said. 208. Yeah. Just put them all in one book. Well, that's what I was going to say is like, you just said that, but the idea of having it, if, okay, no matter what Space Marine chapter you play, have, you have two books then, your Space Marine codex, codex. and then a compendium that includes whatever chapter you like of all the all the sub chapters were in one compendium book as opposed to having them be individual supplements right because we're then you could you could pseudo justify the cost right because if we've got all of the ultramarine stuff in there which is probably going to be one of the most right yeah next to probably well, ultramarine space wolves and blood angels blood are going to be like a lot of it right so, like, where they're the, the, like, big three we'll put there, right? And then everyone else is getting one-page portions of rules. It doesn't make sense to me that they wouldn't sell that whole book as one thing. And granted, that doesn't stop the book bloat, but that but definitely, it it. It definitely reduces it as a whole. Plus, it, See, it just, yeah. I'm okay with the supplements if it feels like there's worth it. Because there's, like, a dozen units in the Ultramarine supplement. Mm -hmm. Again, but you look at Raven Guard, you look at basically anyone else, you get one new unit, a lore blurb, and that's it. Yeah. Like, that's just that. make up rules for a kit bash unit, or better yet, make a new special unit, and not like they did with Space Wolves, where they went, hey, we put some transfers in a reaver box. Yeah. Like, I agree with you in like an ideal thing, but I'm also trying to think about practical. Like, there are so many Space Marine chapters that trying to have like actual. Extent, like, you have a handful of named character based chapters with clear identities. It's not like you're trying to come up with something unique. They have clear, you're making terrible upgrade sprues, just go the extra mile. <laughs> well, I mean, there we can talk about the, the sprue problem for days looking at chaos. <laughs> Anyways, I'm going to round us in because this is in danger of becoming a heavy bolter, if not a last cannon. That's fair, fair enough. I mean, I don't know if we hit, like, any sort of conclusive point. It was just more like a, a time to, to, well, to bitch. But sometimes you got to do that. Yeah, I mean, complaining is one of those things we care about. We care about Warhammer as a whole. Exactly. And that. if you care about something, you're going to complain about it. It's just how it is. Yeah, I've been saying that. Exactly. Like, if I didn't care, if I didn't complain, it would be because I didn't care. So. Right. We yeah. just want to do the best for, for everybody. And I think then it's... It's wild to me. And granted, this is this is for us being very, very nitpicky for people that don't use Battlescribe and just want to be purist book boys. But I don't know, it just it frustrates me because it, it feels like we could easily fix a lot of these problems and it's not getting fixed because it's easier to sell you another book. I'm honestly surprised yep. we don't see more uh, incompetent memes about Games Workshop, like, of them being in... Because as a company, they seem to make baffling decisions. So, oh. they, they are a weird one, but there's a weird... I'm not, I'm not going to touch the weird part of the fans that defend them. And not, like, in the ways you'd think they would defend them. I'll just say this. Guys, you don't have to defend Games Workshop's pricing structure. It, it doesn't need to happen. 100%. Yeah. It's plastic. It's not that expensive. Anyway, despite the fact that you're probably going to join us for two 
one or two more recordings. Thank you for talking with us, Richard. Well, 100%. I'd love to come on and talk with you guys about everything. It's Considering fun. that I'm currently in your basement and we're going to record some more stuff, you're going to be on again. <laughs> oh, no. I'm being bold. Break the illusion. I am going to shatter that illusion. So. Remember that part that was misery at the beginning? <laughs> uh, no, I don't remember that at all. And you don't remember it either. Oh, no. <laughs> so, Help. Anyway, Ulrich, take us into the outro. All right. Well, thank you for listening. If you stuck through us, you know, this long, angry tangent about too many damn books. Uh, thank you. We greatly appreciate that. We also would appreciate it if you would like, share, subscribe, do whatever it is the podcast site that you were on demands of you because that is the lifeblood of podcasts and if you're listening to us currently it is very likely to be on soundcloud stitcher google play podcast spotify iHeartRadio, or the f- are we on the fireside alliance with these ones we are still on the fire we are on the fireside alliance with all our podcasts all right just making sure because you didn't write down the notes breaking the fourth wall here but anyway you're listening to us on one of those preferably the fireside alliance because there's a bunch of other cool content creators there that if you listen to us you'll like them too but if you're listening to us somewhere else well first of all tell us about that because uh We've been hosted on some sites already that we were not aware of, and we need to get on that. But if there's a site you want us to be on that we're not on, tell us about it, and we'll look into it. As always, this has been Lord Commander Ulrich. And his shield brother, Axel Wright. Be sure to tune in next time, and remember, Magnus did everything wrong. I don't know about that, Chief.